Well, good morning. God bless. Welcome to another Bible teaching from the Ministry of a Love Outreach. Today we will go ahead and take a look at Acts chapter 3. So if you are in a position where you can do so, please go ahead and open your Bibles up there to Acts chapter 3. If you haven't heard our previous teachings on the book of Acts or many other Bible books, as always, you can do so by going to our website, what you see on the page here at uh, www.aloveoutreach.com. You can also find us on YouTube and SoundCloud, uh, where on SoundCloud we actually have well over 300 teachings out there, because uh, I used to just do audio recordings only um, before I started doing this uh, live streaming and YouTube type stuff. But um, in Acts chapter 3, let's go ahead and, and jump right on into our verses for today. Verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So this was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and at this time the early Christians were still attending temple services at this point in time. They would transition out of that as time would go by, but um, it would change as a result of persecution that would become more prevalent against the Christians, and the Christians would also begin to grow deeper in their knowledge of their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, as, of course, we are to do on a daily basis ourselves. The Lord wants us to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Him, which is why we do this type of thing, which is why we study the Bible like this, and which is why you, too, as well, should read the Bible on a regular basis, get to know the Lord through the Bible, and also, as we like to teach here at A Love Outreach, that you get to a place in your life where you're actually living out the word of the Lord, not just reading it, not just being a forgetful hearer of it, but where you make it a practice in your life to live what the word of God says. And we're going to talk about that uh, today a little bit, but um, that's kind of how I teach the scriptures in a practical living manner. So, but for now here, Peter and John will keep, we're keeping this ritual of going to the temple. And verse 2 continues and says, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So take a moment and think about this verse here, right? This man had been lame from birth. And day after day, his parents brought him to the temple to lay him there to ask for alms, to ask for donations, right? Money, right? Isn't it amazing, though, how the temple, this great and beautiful structure that existed in that time to represent God, did not use its power and prestige to help the poor family out so that their son did not have to be laid there day after day. Think about that. Just right outside the door of the temple, here's somebody that the temple could help, right? 
and, but they, they didn't, and they didn't have the power to heal this lame man or else they would have done that. And, you know, today, unfortunately, many churches from every, non, every denomination and every non-denomination still, in many ways, sit very, very powerless when it comes to helping the poor and the needy around them just outside their door or right in their neighborhood walking right down the street or living right out on the street, right? And this ought not to be. We shouldn't be focused on great buildings, great structures, you know, wonderful properties and such and beautiful landscaping and all that. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying if we're not doing what the Lord would do and the Lord's servants would do as we see Peter and John doing here, well, then we're really not being servants of the Lord, right? You see, there's no power in a building. And there's no power in a people that sit uselessly in a building satisfying their own souls, their own needs, right? With no actions being taken to help others around them. And that's just, as I was studying this, that's just what I pictured. That right outside the door of this temple, this beautiful gate, they called it, right? Just right there is laying somebody that needed help from, people, from the people of God, so-called people of God, right? But we will see here that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power when a person with the presence of God within them walks by faith in that power and actually steps out and does something. You see, there is indeed power when a person understands that they are the temple of the living God, as we learn from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and that the power doesn't dwell in a building or in a meeting house. The power dwells within an individual Christian who is born again of the Spirit and who will walk by faith to be led by the Spirit and to do things to reach out to others. Great things can happen. Salvation can take place. And that's the goal, and that's what we'll see here. So as we read about this lame man here, verse 3 says, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter, said, look at us, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Now, of course, what this lame man was expecting to receive was money, right? That's what he had been conditioned to do with his whole life, or maybe some food he could, his family could pick up later when they came to pick him up, right? You know, many analogies could be applied here um, of a person, though, that does not know the Lord, that lives their whole life thinking that money is the answer to everything. We can look at this, this man thinking, oh, this is all I know. I've been set here my whole life. This is all I know. This is what I do. And a lot of people are brought up today with that type of mental mentality, right? This is all I know. This is all I do. I go after money, right? And, and people are, unfortunately, that are doing this, 
chasing their whole lives after their careers, their retirement plans, and all of that kind of stuff. Again, I'm not saying these things are bad, but I'm saying, what's the focus, right? What's, what's your priority? Is your priority to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Because that's all that matters in the end. So that needs to be a priority. But there are so many people that just are laying around spiritually lame, right? Living their lives upon a faulty foundation that money solves all their problems. And they think that, oh, I'm going to work my whole life and I'm going to save up and then someday I'm going to, my soul can take its ease and, and I can rest and I can be retired. You know how many people die when that time comes? And, and they, they find out that they may have gained the whole world, they may have a great retirement plan, a great 401k, but in the end, they lost what was of most importance and that is their soul. So there are many lame people spiritually just laying around looking, oh, am I going to get money here? Oh, am I going to get money there? This man fixes his attention on Peter and John. Oh, expecting to receive money here, right? But Peter goes on in verse 6 and says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, that's where we all need to be walking, in Christ, in Jesus, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, doing the will of the Lord, keeping the commands of the Lord in the way that we live our everyday life. Again, this is not about a holier-than-thou attitude. It's about a focused life, just doing the things that Jesus commands us to do. Verse 7, though, says, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Can you just imagine that today, right? Just imagine if men and women who profess to be in Christ today, that is those that say they're Christians, right, would go out into this lame, lost world of people, spiritually lame, spiritually lost, and just give them the name of Jesus. And I'm not just saying, hey, I got something for you. Jesus, and, and here's a name for you, but actually telling them about Jesus, showing them, more importantly, a life where you live for Jesus, and you keep his commands, and you care about his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and you care about righteousness, living righteously. How many Christians are rightfully so referred to as hypocrites today. Rightfully so. Right? We need to tell people, and that's what this ministry is about, to tell people about who Jesus is, the authority of Jesus. Show them that he desires to heal them of their spiritual lameness. 
that they too could then go out and tell others, like we see with this man here. He's leaping. He's praising God. He's drawing attention to the fact that he once was lame. But now everything's changed. And more and more, the name of the Lord needs to be broadcast throughout the world today. But it all starts with people of faith, like Peter and John here, working on the outside of the walls of the temple, on the outside of the temple, outside of your church building, right? And you're actually getting out into your community. You're actually letting your neighbors know about Jesus. You're letting them see it, more importantly, again, in the way that you live your life. And if you have a building, if you have a church, a meeting house where people gather, what effect are you having in just maybe one square mile around your property? Do you see people walking around that are lame, spiritually lame, lost into drugs, lost in this world's system, in this world's way? Are you knocking on their doors? Are you reaching out to them? Are you telling them about Jesus? Look what happens starting in verse 10. Then they knew it was he. So all these people that ran over to him, right, and all that, uh, they, they knew that it was him who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Do you remember back in Acts chapter 2, just in the last couple studies ago, right, where the people in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost were seeing these believers in Jesus proclaim the wonderful works of God. And they were in wonder and amazement like these people were here, like whatever could this be? And, and they're seeing this lame man now walk, this physically lame man now walk, and as a result of him now walking, he's praising God. And they're amazed by this. Now, verse 11 says, Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk. So Peter understood, and he explained here, that the power of this miracle was not in him and John. And he wanted to make sure that the people understood this. So in verse 13, he begins to explain to this group of Jews that had ran over to him in amazement, he begins to explain to them in verse 13 that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. See what he's doing? He's lifting up the name of Jesus. He's saying, hey guys, this is who it's all about now. It's not about your religion. It's not about your temple. It's not about any of this anymore. It's now about Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined 
to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. In other words, he's saying, we're the ones going out now and witnessing about this, spreading the name of the Lord. So do you see how Peter is addressing these people here, though? He's pointing out their sin to them. Do you see that? He's not telling them, oh, Jesus loves you just as you are. Just keep going to the temple. Just keep sinning all you want and just believe in Jesus. Right? You're so special. He's not telling them that. Do you, do you see what he's saying to them here? If you go back to Acts chapter 2 and look how Peter talked to them as well. Right? The, the gospel of the kingdom. This is so important and people don't want to hear this. And preachers like me, Bible teachers like me, who teach this kind of thing are the least popular of Bible teachers and such. People would rather go to the Bible teacher. You know, the Bible talks about the last days, people having itching ears, and they heap up for themselves teachers and such. People that they want to hear. Oh, I want to listen to this guy. He makes me feel good. But we don't see that in the scriptures. You can't find that in the pages of the scriptures, in the New Testament church. You can't find that, right? The gospel of the kingdom begins with the message of repentance from sin. That's where it begins. And maybe you heard a different gospel, but it's not the gospel of the scriptures, okay? It starts with repentance from sin. So now we have a lame man whom the Lord used a healing of to draw people to hear the gospel. This is why this miracle took place. And if you read the book of Acts, anytime you see a miracle, a moving of the Holy Spirit, salvation takes place afterwards. A lot of churches, a lot of people wonder today, how come we don't see the moving of the Spirit? Well, what do you need the moving of the Spirit for? Just to feel good during your music, during your worship, what you call worship session where you're playing your music and singing. You need the moving of the Spirit so you can feel good. And then you just get out in your car and go to lunch and you never tell a soul about Jesus. The moving of the Spirit is about salvation, bringing people to Christ. And the message of the gospel begins with repentance, right? This lame man is now praising God as a result of what? As a result of two men who had the faith to not pass him by or not just give him some money. Peter said, silver and gold I'm not giving to you. See, the world's all about money. So the church doesn't need to be about money. The church doesn't need to have seminars about money, how to retire, how to do all this stuff. That's not the purpose of the church. Never has been. Go back and read the New Testament and you'll find the purpose of the church. 
It's to glorify God, to lift up the name of Jesus, to draw people to salvation as we see taking place here. And Peter continues to lift up the name of Jesus to this crowd. And he says in verse 16, and his name, speaking of Jesus, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him, capital H, through Jesus, right, has given him, this lame man, the perfect soundness, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Right here, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing a result of somebody, this is what Peter's saying, you're seeing a result of somebody that walks by faith in the Lord. Now let me ask you a question right here. Who had the, the, the faith in Jesus in this story here? Was it the lame man? Or was it Peter and John? It was obviously Peter and John. It was those that already knew Jesus. It was those that spent time with Jesus. They walked with Jesus for three years while he was here on the earth. And they were now filled with the Spirit of the Lord. These are the people that were making the impact here. Right? They, they were uh, the ones who had the faith to do what they were doing here. So when some... I'm bringing this up to say so... To let you know that some... When some so-called faith teacher of today that you see many of these on the television and such and they say well someone didn't get healed because that person didn't have enough faith or you go to that person and you you want that person to pray for you and they say oh you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith right well you just need to hold a mirror up to that person and say this is the person that didn't have enough faith because as we look at this, it's the people that are filled with the Spirit that the Lord was using. And the purpose of a faith healer today, in many cases, is to fund their church, to fund their retirement, to fund their private jets, and their multiple houses, and their cars, and then to preach a message to others and say, hey, you can have all this too. And if you don't have it, you don't have enough faith. It's all a bunch of lies, and they are led by the father of lies. The Lord works today through the lives of his servants, like he did here with Peter and John. But let's also keep in mind here that there was a purpose, like I mentioned earlier, for this healing. Yes, the lame man benefited from the miracle, and I'm sure there are many physically lame and physically ill people today that would love to be healed. People that are suffering with pain. People that suffer with chronic pain and things like that. But the main focus of the Lord is the healing of the soul. And the main focus of the Lord and what he wants us focused on is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The major illness, the major pandemic that most people care nothing about today is that people are losing their souls, spending all of eternity separated from their creator, their Lord, because they're not hearing the gospel message. 
and that they must be born again, that they must repent, that they must be converted by the Holy Spirit, and they must be inwardly healed. But the people of faith today, or the so-called people of faith today, are not really focused on the souls of people. Right? And this, again, could be because they are too busy with what is going on in the temple. That is the church building. And they're not enough concerned about lame souls outside of the walls of their building. That's why I teach and preach to reach souls. And in most cases, probably someone that would listen to me teach is someone that would already profess to be a Christian. But it is my hope that somebody that already professes to be a Christian might take this teaching and share it with someone else or just share their own teaching from their own heart. Right? This whole book, though, the Holy Bible that we are now reading, it's all about salvation from start to finish. It's all about salvation. Yes, there were miracles, signs, and wonders, but all of these things drew people to Jesus, to know Jesus, to be born again. And this message that Peter is now preaching to this group of people here that were greatly amazed by this miracle, he continues on in verse 17 and says, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Now, what does he say here in verse 19? Repent. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Something takes place, a change, a new creation in Christ, right? That your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So Peter gives them some leeway here, and he tells them, look, you know, your sin was a result of your ignorance. What you did to Jesus, how you ignored Jesus, was a result of your ignorance. But now they're hearing something. It's time to repent. No more excuses for your ignorance. It's time to change. It's time to be born again, born of the Spirit, dead to yourself, dead to this lost world, separated. Come out and be separate. Those of you watching or listening to this teaching, is your church reaching out to the lame souls in your neighborhood? Is the gospel being preached? Are people being told today that they need to repent and be converted, or do you let people sit in the chairs and in the pews who are living in sin, living in fornication and adultery, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and you tell them, oh, don't worry about it. You're saved by grace. Oh, it's hard. Don't worry about it. Right? You see, there is a time of refreshing. Many people wonder, why am I not feeling that? Why am I not experiencing this time of refreshing? It's a time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord that happens for people that will repent, that will be converted, that will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that will, like Peter and John, 
begin to walk by faith and not by sight. And the more the gospel is preached and the more people repent and are converted, the quicker we will see the coming of the Lord. And Peter continues in verse 20 and says, and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So Peter is saying here that Jesus will come again. But for now, he is in heaven above until all things are restored. And you know, even you can go all the way back to the time of Noah. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. How many people listened to Noah? How many people got on board? Just his family, just eight souls were saved. The rest of the people perished. But when will all things be restored, right? On the last day when Jesus returns. For now, you still have time. You still have time to come to Jesus. You still have time to repent and be converted, right? And you know, when we talk about the end times, there are so many different viewpoints, so many things that Christians can debate on as it relates to the end times, but I'm just sticking to the context of this chapter here, and Peter is preaching repentance and conversion to a group of people that have not yet done so. And when you read the Bible, I really encourage you to sit down and read it as for what it says, not for what someone else is teaching you, including me. Be somebody yourself that studies the scriptures and sits down and, and reads them and ask the Spirit of the Lord to teach you and to open your eyes, to open your understanding that you can know the Scriptures. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And in verse 22, he continues and says, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. So Moses, right, was talking about Jesus here. That's the one. He's the name above all names. He's coming in the future. That's who you listen to. That's who you obey. That's who you praise. That's who you honor. Verse 23, and it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Wow. It's a powerful verse, isn't it? Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. So that whole Old Testament all points to Jesus. Jesus is about salvation. Salvation in him only. So Peter is telling this group of Jews, right? Hey, it's now time to fix your eyes on Jesus. And as a preacher myself, as a Bible teacher myself, that's what I'm telling you. Now's the time to fix your eyes on Jesus. And as I read this and as I study this, please know that first of all, it applies to me. 
that I need to fix my eyes on Jesus on a daily basis. He is the way, the only way. He is the truth, the only truth. He is the life, the only life. No other abundant life. He is eternal life. He is the only Messiah. Peter knew that he had to preach this message to his fellow Jews. And of course, today, the same message is being preached throughout all the world to every group of people. But concerning the Jews, Peter says in verse 25, you are sons of the prophet and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus and sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Do you see, you see the purpose of God here? To send Jesus to bless people. But how? To bless them financially? To bless them with health and wealth, prosperity and all of this kind of thing? No, to turn them from their iniquities. Have you turned from your iniquities? Even if you name the name of Jesus, have you turned from your iniquities, your sin? And that's the bottom line, repentance. And this message was first preached to the Jews. And later on, as you continue to read the book of Acts, you'll find in Acts chapter 10, where the gospel, Peter goes and, and teaches it to a group of Gentiles at the home of a man named Cornelius, who was an Italian, right? But do you, right, Mr. Miss Christian, do you understand the importance, again, of getting outside of the walls of your church and looking for the lame souls of this world. And do you understand that this is a message of repentance and conversion and that you yourself first need to examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith or are you continuing in your iniquities? Right? And maybe today you've come to this message and you're not part of a church, right? That is, you don't presently go to a building to fellowship. And maybe even further, you're not even part of the body of Christ because you have not repented. You've not turned from your iniquities and been converted. Well, then you're not here by mistake. There's no way that someone like you has listened to this message thus far and it's just a coincidence or it's by mistake. You see, without Christ, every soul on the first face of this earth is lame. But there, there is now strength that can be within you to rise up like this lame man did, and you can spiritually walk, and you can begin to praise God with the way that you live your life. And, and, and you could be missing out. No, you are missing out on a time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Make haste today to call out on the name of Jesus and do so from a heart that is willing to turn from sin, be converted, that is born again of the Spirit.
And if you have any questions or need help in making that decision, feel free to reach out to us by using the contact form on our webpage, aloveoutreach.com. And we'd love to help you and encourage you along that you may come to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And let me close by also encouraging you that are believers, once again, to get outside of the walls of your church and you will find that there are lame people just outside of your doorstep that all your congregants pass by all the time on their drive to your building. And they would love to know this time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. But they need to hear the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love in our lives, that you laid down your life for this whole world, that whosoever will can believe on you and have everlasting life. So many people today are unwilling, though, Lord, to turn from what they fix their eyes on, like this lame man. All he knew was to fix his eyes on money. All he knew was to fix his eyes on receiving, receiving, receiving. That's all he knew. But he came to a point because two men of faith came to him and reached out to him and gave him the opportunity to know you, which then gave many others the opportunity to hear the gospel and to come unto you, Lord. I pray, Lord, for those that hear this message, if they call themselves Christians or do not, I pray that they will come to you, that they will fix their eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith, that they would die to themselves, that they would take up the cross, that they would follow after you, that they would repent, Lord, and that they would experience a time of refreshing. Thank you for this time again in your word, Lord. Your will be done in the coming week, I pray. All of this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, whichever the case may be. And we will see you next time.